it goes to what his reasons were for firing Comey and, you know, whether or not that's going to become the basis of a completely separate investigation, quite apart from either Russian election interference or potential collusion between Russia and people tied potentially to the Trump campaign into that interference effort. What does this collusion business mean? Obviously, Donald Trump is not in bed with the Russians, given the fact that he sent missiles into Syria against Russian interests. Trump is someone who makes his own decisions, as I think everyone is learning. You can have all kinds of advisors saying all kinds of things, and he'll make up his own mind. And unfortunately, sometimes he says things that he shouldn't be saying. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Lawyer to Lawyer, with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrosi, bringing you the latest legal news and observations with the leading experts in the legal profession. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. I'm Craig Williams coming to you from a sunny and warm Southern California. I write a legal blog called May It Please the Court. My co-host, Bob Ambrosi, is off traveling today. Before we introduce today's topic, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Clio and Latera. Clio's cloud-based practice management software makes it easy to manage your law firm from intake to invoice. You can try it for free at Clio.com. That's C-L-I-O.com. And our other sponsor, Glatera, the authority on document creation, collaboration, and control. You can increase your productivity, collaborate securely, and ensure protection of your vital information. You can learn more at www.latera.com. That's L-I-T-E-R-A.com. Well, earlier this month, on May 9th, 2017, James Comey, the seventh director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation, was dismissed by President Trump. Although the accounts are in dispute, it was reported that days before his dismissal, Comey had requested more resources for an FBI probe into the alleged meddling of Russia in the presidential election. The Justice Department has since denied those allegations. Many, however, were stunned by the dismissal of Comey and are questioning the reasons behind it. And just last week, the Department of Justice announced that former FBI Director Robert Mueller had been appointed as a special prosecutor to oversee the Russia investigation concerning President Trump's campaign and Russian officials. Since then, the FBI investigation and the sudden dismissal of Comey has been at the epicenter of the news cycle. So today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to take a quick look at the inside of the FBI, the dismissal of Comey, the legalities surrounded by those dismissals, and the Russia connection. We have a great lineup to do so today. Our first guest is Ronald Kessler, the New York Times bestselling author of 20 nonfiction books. Kessler began his career as a journalist in 1964 on the Worcester Telegram, followed by three years as an investigative reporter and editorial writer with the Boston Herald. He became an investigative reporter with the Washington Post in 1970 and continued until 1985. For Kessler's eighth book, The FBI Inside the World's Most Powerful Law Enforcement Agency, the FBI gave Kessler unprecedented access to the Bureau. The book's findings led to President Clinton's dismissal of William Sessions as FBI director over his abuses. Well, welcome to our show, Ronald Kessler. Great to be with you. And our next guest is Asha Rankapa. She is an associate dean at Yale Law School. 
Prior to her current position, Asha served as special agent in the New York office of the FBI, specializing in counterintelligence investigations. Her work involved assessing threats to national security, conducting classified investigations on suspected foreign agents, and performing undercover work. While she was in the FBI, Asha gained experience in the world of electronic surveillance, interview and interrogation techniques, as well as firearms and the use of deadly force and weapons counterproliferation. Welcome to the show, Asa Rangappa. Thank you so much for having me. Well, Ron, I wonder if we could start with you and kind of get an overview as you uh, see the facts as they relate to the subject matter we're talking about. Sure. Well, unsettling as the firing of Comey was, the fact is, first of all, that Donald Trump had a perfect legal right to do that and choose his own FBI director. And secondly, what I think is often overlooked is the memo from Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general, saying, I have no faith in Jim Comey. Now, in any organization, if the boss doesn't have faith in you, you simply can't work for that person. And I think, uh, you know, for all the different explanations that Donald Trump has given, this is the most important one because it means that uh, really uh, Comey had to go. So that's that's my quick take on uh, the Comey firing. I think uh, now we're going to have uh, Bob Mueller, who's who's uh, fantastic, and I know Asha worked under him and admires him, and um, that is is uh, a good outcome to all of this because I think we'll get a good legal approach. We won't have more leaks, and um, things are looking up. Asha, what's your thought? I was very stunned when Comey was fired. You know, I agree that some of the steps that he took last year were obviously quite controversial. They did go beyond normal protocol, and it was appropriate for him to be called out on that. But what I find troubling about Comey's dismissal is the timing of it, because all of those things were known on January 21st, which would have been the right day to fire Comey if those were the actual reasons why. And the fact that it happened much later after a lot of information came out about the ongoing investigation into Russia's election interference and possible ties to the Trump campaign do raise a lot of questions. I'll also add that based on my current contacts in the FBI and also from having met Jim Comey, personally, I'm a member of the former FBI Agents Association, and he made a trip to every field office in the country, actually. He was very well-liked in the Bureau, and to the extent that there were characterizations that the agents had lost faith in him, I don't think that's true. And I think that it was a huge blow, quite frankly, for the agents in the FBI because he was really a director who I think they felt really got them and their work and took an interest in maintaining the integrity of the Bureau. I agree that, you know, probably the majority of agents do respect Comey. On on the other hand, many agents were very upset with him over the fact that he decided not to prosecute Hillary Clinton. So, you know, having written three books on the FBI, I can tell you that it's very hard to summarize the views of all FBI agents and especially all former agents. They all have different opinions. 
you know, unfortunately, some of them threw in a lot of non-factual information about Comey's decision and the FBI investigation. Jim Kallstrom, whom I respect, a former agent who who was a pioneer in in wiretapping and bugging, has been on TV saying that Comey should have put Hillary Clinton under oath. They should have recorded the interview, on and on. Well, you know, agents uh, know that uh, it's a violation of criminal law to lie to the FBI. So therefore, only rarely would an interview be conducted under oath. And um, the other objections, you know, also were not factual. Uh, one objection was, well, they should have, the FBI always interviews the subject right away. Well, that's not true at all. You know, especially in a complex investigation like this, you want to line up all the facts and, and confront the individual once you know what you're asking about. So lots of misinformation going on, including the claim that Donald Trump's firing uh, represented obstruction of justice. Obstruction, as I think Asha hopefully will confirm, uh, is uh, when you actually impede a law enforcement investigation, as happened during Watergate. During Watergate, President Nixon, uh, and by the way, I sat next to Woodward Bernstein during Watergate at the Washington Post, so I I had a, a daily uh, insight into what was going on. But obstruction is is uh, impeding. In the case of Nixon and Watergate, he actually made up some bogus story about not wanting to interfere with a CIA operation to get the FBI to back off in its investigation. And that did succeed for a short period of time. In Trump's case, he didn't even order Comey to stop. He, he simply said, uh, you know, do you think you can give him a pass? He didn't take any action to stop the investigation, and in fact, it continued. So I just think it's important to keep some of these facts in mind uh, without, you know, because there's been so much hysteria from both sides about these issues. Asha, what do you think about the rumors uh, that we've heard of Trump attempting to interfere with the Russia investigation by firing Flynn, by firing Comey and other people as we go across this? Are there any value in that? I think it's a really troubling pattern of events. And what I find most troubling about it is that there have been presidents before who have had investigations happening under them uh, with coordination with the FBI, Reagan with Iran-Contra, Clinton with Whitewater, and later Monica Lewinsky, President Bush with the Valerie Plame leak, And all of those presidents respected the independence of the FBI and the Department of Justice and understood that the proper role of the White House in these cases is to simply let these investigations proceed, to have lawyers for their own defense, and to do things in the normal course of justice. And what I find very troubling, particularly in recent light, reports that have come to light recently that there were multiple attempts, not just with former Director Comey, which he documented contemporaneously in his memos, um, but also with the Director of National Intelligence, with the Director of the National Security Agency, to try to find a way to influence or spin or even stop this investigation I think should be concerning to everyone, and it's not a partisan issue. This is really about observing the ethics and norms that every other president, perhaps with the exception of Nixon, 
has been able to do. Ron, what's the import of Flynn claiming the Fifth Amendment and not testifying before Congress? Well, the standard statement from a lawyer, which I'm not, would be it doesn't mean anything. He has a right to do that. Uh, he's just being cautious. But, you know, clearly well, in, there in were, light, Especially in light of Trump's statements that people that take the Fifth Amendment are probably liars. Yeah. One of the statements well, he made on the know, campaign trail. Clear, clearly, he was up to no good in one way or another. The fact that he uh, lied to the vice president about his conversation with the Russian uh, ambassador indicates uh, he, he's not, he's certainly not trustworthy. He's certainly not someone uh, who uh, is without any, any problems. Um, so, you know, that will certainly proceed. We'll, we'll learn more as Mueller goes along. I think Mueller will be very efficient in his investigation. You know, a lot of the concerns have been that some of the special counsels in the past have sort of uh, looked for something to latch on to to show that they're uh, relevant, that they produce something important. Uh, I don't think Mueller is like that at all. I've interviewed him several times. I admire him. He actually turned around the FBI to make it more prevention-oriented, meaning uh, that the first goal was not to put people in jail, but to find out about future plots and develop sources in the future. Not that the FBI doesn't still want to put people in jail, but that is the major reason why we've not had a, a successful uh, foreign terrorist attack since 9-11. Uh, so uh, here's a guy who, who deserves so much credit. He hates publicity. You'll never see him being uh, a showboat, as, as Trump claimed uh, Comey was. But I think we're in good hands with Mueller. Well, now that Sessions' Justice Department has gone ahead and appointed a special prosecutor, Asha, doesn't that mean that they're not really afraid of the investigation? I mean, Trump is the one who nominated Sessions. Well, the special counsel is appointed by regulations that are promulgated by the Department of Justice. The special prosecutor statute actually expired in 1999, and with bipartisan agreement, it was not renewed because it was felt that the special prosecutor had too much independence, that it could become a runaway train. And so that expired. And so instead, internally, the Department of Justice promulgated these regulations to allow for the appointment of a special counsel in cases where the attorney general was, for some reason, unable to really objectively oversee an investigation. And here we this is clearly the case because Jeff Sessions had to recuse himself because of his own misrepresentations to Congress during his confirmation hearings about his contacts with Russian officials. But then we have a secondary layer where Rod Rosenstein is also somewhat implicated in this questionable firing because it was ostensibly based on his memo and then they were changing rationales for it. So Rosenstein, I think, did take the right move in appointing a special counsel. And I don't know that it means that they're not afraid of it. I, you know, I assume that anyone who has something to hide will be afraid of it. But I think what it means is that Rosenstein made the call to, once again, protect the integrity of the independence of the Department of Justice and the FBI for political influence or even the perception of political influence, which is can be just as damaging. And I completely agree with Ron that Mueller is really the right pick for this job. He gets the work done. He focuses on 
you know, what needs to be done next, and he will not bow to political pressure from either side. Before we move on to our next segment, we're going to take a quick break to hear a message from our sponsors. Imagine what you could do with an extra eight hours per week. That's how much time legal professionals save with Clio, the world's leading practice management software. With intuitive time tracking, billing, and matter management, Clio streamlines everything you do to run your practice from intake to invoice. Try Clio for free and get a 10% discount for your first six months when you sign up at their website, clio.com, that's C-L-I-O.com, with the code L2L10, that's L2L, the number 10. Documents are the currency of business. They represent you in every business interaction. Executives need to know what changes have occurred in documents, what metadata risks exist, and how to encrypt, share, and collaborate securely. Patera simplifies the document creation and collaboration process to protect you from risk and loss of reputation. Patera offers better solutions for document lifecycle management so you can focus on doing what really matters www.latera.com And welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer. I'm Craig Williams, and with us today is Ron Kessler, author of The FBI, Inside the World's Most Powerful Law Enforcement Agency, and Asha Rangappa, an associate dean at the Yale Law School in New Haven, Connecticut, and former special agent for the FBI. We are discussing the FBI, the dismissal of FBI's director James Comey, and the alleged Russian connection to the presidential election. And Ron, I cut you off right before the commercial break, so finish your thought, please. Sure. You know, I, I agree with Asha that the firing of Comey would have looked better if Trump had done it as soon as he took office. But just keep in mind that it was April 25th when Dan uh, Rod Rosenstein was confirmed as deputy attorney general. And that's when he uh, was able to write the memo saying that he has no confidence in, in Comey. So that, you know, explains the timing, whether it looks bad or not. That's actually what happened. But to get on to something that Asha and I do not agree on, just to, to uh, liven things up, I do agree with Comey's decision to hold a press conference and reveal the details of the investigation of Hillary Clinton. And uh, I know that a huge number of uh, prosecutors think that, think that is wrong. It certainly was against uh, protocol in the Justice Department, against precedent. But there are many other impressive people who think the opposite, one of whom is John Martin, a friend of mine for many decades, who was the Justice Department person in charge of espionage prosecutions, and that included the law in question involving Hillary Clinton, as well as 76 spies whom he prosecuted. Only one was acquitted, and during that whole period, there was no appeal that was that overturned a conviction. There was no claim that he acted improperly. Not only that, he's a former FBI agent, just like Asha, and he agreed with Comey's decision in, in articles uh, that I wrote quoting him. He just felt because of the uh, unprecedented situation where Bill Clinton had met with, with Loretta Lynch, and Loretta Lynch said she's going to leave the decision on prosecution to the FBI director and the career prosecutors. Of course, uh, Comey did not consult with career prosecutors. But now we also have this information from Trey Gowdy and one or two other members of Congress saying that even though they can't talk about it, they know about it, 
in a classified setting. There were uh, directives from Democratic operatives with Justice Department uh, officials, uh, you know, indicating there was some kind of nefarious thing going on. We don't know, you know, how much that is true. But all of these things, uh, I think, go to the point that, as Asha wrote in one of her tweets, something about the most important thing is to not make the FBI look political. And and given this, the fact that this was right in the middle of the election, Comey took this decision, I think, in the end to protect the uh, reputation of the FBI and reassure the American people that he had done uh, a proper investigation, that he wasn't trying to protect Hillary because he did present all these damaging facts publicly. And, uh, you know, I think uh, both sides have legitimate arguments, but, but that's where I come out. Asha, we spent a lot of time talking about the U.S. side of this and not much about the Russian side. I mean, we have Carter Page and Paul Manafort and Michael Flynn now, or maybe a couple of others that have been involved with some level of Russian diplomats or Russian agents or so forth. And there have been some speculations about Russians' attempt to co-opt American citizens into providing information for him. And President Trump says he's provided uh, classified information to them. So what is it that when Trump says, I face great pressure because of Russia, now with Comey gone, that's taken off. What is it that's going on in Russia that causes him so much concern? What are the facts on that side? Well, I think there are two different issues that you're really asking about. One is that clearly there were enough contacts between Russian intelligence and U.S. persons, whether or not they were connected with the Trump campaign, to raise alarm bells within the intelligence community that were beyond normal. Now, let's be clear, Russian intelligence is here and up to no good, just generally speaking. And we have tabs on them. We have since the Cold War. It's one of the oldest programs in the Bureau. Our agents are fantastic on the Russia program. And the Russians are good as well. They, they do know what they're doing. So they are a worthy adversary. But the fact that the former director of the CIA today testified that the frequency and nature of contacts had risen to a level that were alarming as of when he left, and that the scale of their operation to try to influence the election was of such a magnitude that he actually confronted his Russian counterpart, which I think is highly unusual, Normally, the FBI would try to just neutralize foreign intelligence operations in the U.S. quietly so that we don't let them know what we know. I think that all says a lot. Now, in terms of President Trump telling the Russians that he fired Comey because he was facing too much pressure, I really think that just goes to, again, what his reasons were for firing Comey. And... You know, nothing standing alone is really enough to prove any kind of illegality. But again, when you see a pattern, what I would say as a lawyer and if I were a prosecutor is to start looking at a pattern of reasons that are being stated publicly or privately that are legally known as against interest. In other words, they're not really helping your case. So, you know, I don't know if President Trump just doesn't is not getting great legal advice because he really just shouldn't be saying anything at this point about that. But it goes to what his reasons were for firing Comey and, you know, whether or not that's going to become the basis of a completely separate investigation 
quite apart from either Russian election interference or potential collusion between Russia and people tied potentially to the Trump campaign into that interference effort. You know, clearly there were many contacts. The question is, you know, what does this collusion uh, business mean? Uh, obviously, Donald Trump is not in bed with the Russians, given the fact that he sent missiles into Syria against Russian interests. Trump is someone who makes his own decisions, as I think everyone is learning. Uh, you can have all kinds of advisors saying all kinds of things, and uh, he'll make up his own mind. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, sometimes he says things that he shouldn't be saying. One thing I would point out about the meeting uh, with Russian officials and Donald Trump revealing one or two details about the uh, effort to stop a uh, terrorist plot against uh, U.S. airliners is that after that story appeared, ABC and NBC ran far more additional details about that plot, which definitely pinpointed the source of the information about this plot to the whole world, not just to Russian officials. So I, I just uh, point that out as an example of the hypocrisy of the press. And one thing that is even worse than that is a few years ago in 2012, the Associated Press ran a story revealing that the CIA has an asset in Yemen who is reporting on a plot by uh, al-Qaeda to put bombs on U.S. airliners. There was no legitimate, no journalistic legitimate reason for running that story. There was no abuse. There was no failure. Uh, it was simply AP uh, showing off that they have this source. And of course, that was the end of the source. And that alone could have led to deaths of hundreds of Americans. And the press, instead of denouncing AP, sided with AP, ganged up on the Obama Justice Department for trying to uncover the source. And Eric Holder uh, restricted uh, future efforts by the Justice Department to uncover uh, sources of stories like that. So a lot of hypocrisy going on. Well, we've just about reached the end of our program, so it's time to wrap up with your final thoughts and your contact information should our listeners like to reach out to you. But something interesting just happened. There's breaking news about 10 minutes ago. The Senate has issued two subpoenas to Michael Flynn's businesses for specific documents. So maybe that you can touch on that as we close up. So Asha, I'll turn up over to you for your final thoughts. Well, I think that the subpoenas might be issued because... Flynn refused to produce the documents himself, citing the Fifth Amendment, which means that in producing those documents, he might be incriminating himself. So another way that Congress could get to those records if they are kept in the normal course of business somewhere is to issue a business record subpoena so that they would get them from the institution rather than from Flynn, who can assert a Fifth Amendment right over them. Uh, I think the important thing to keep in mind in this whole matter is what Asha has written about uh, on Politico, which is that no matter what, FBI agents will pursue these investigations. They always have. They've always resisted political pressure. And uh, I think that's something that is, you know, is so valuable in our democracy and, and will continue regardless. I was just going to add that I agree, and I think that the special counsel will pursue this investigation fully 
And whatever Congress is doing, they just need to coordinate with the special counsel to make sure that they don't interfere with that investigation or compromise it in any way. Excellent. Ron, how can our listeners reach out to you if they'd like to get in touch with you? My website is ronaldkessler.com. My books are available at all book outlets. And it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. Asha, how can our listeners reach out to you if they'd like to get a hold of you? My email is asha.rangappa at yale.edu. And I am on Twitter at, at Dean Asha. And I do comment on ongoing events and post pieces that I am writing on the FBI investigation and related issues. So I'd love to hear from anyone who has thoughts. And that's R-A-N-G-R-A-P-P-A? That's right. R-A-N-G-A-P-P-A. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for both of you being on the show. That brings us to the end of our show. I'm Craig Williams. Thank you for listening. Join us next time for another great legal topic. When you want legal, think lawyer to lawyer. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrosi for their next podcast, covering the latest legal topic. Subscribe to the RSS feed on LegalTalkNetwork.com or in iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.